feels good in the presence of the Lord. We know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. At least I know that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. Freedom. I got a daughter named Liberty, and she's very proud of the fact that her name means freedom. Amen. Amen. And that's the same freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. He wants us to live in that freedom. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I didn't think I had a title for what I want to speak today. I felt the Lord give me, but I feel like... Uh, he just let me know this, um, what I'll talk about today, I'll call it Instruments of the Miraculous. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 2. A pop quiz is Hebrew, Old Testament or New Testament. The book of Hebrews, let me be more specific. Is the book of Hebrews in the Old Testament or the New Testament? Nueve? Nuevo. Uh, mi Espanol is muy terrible. It's in the New Testament. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 2. I remind you of that because of what we're going to read about here. Even though it's in the New Testament... The writer talks about some things we see in the Old Testament. For there was a tabernacle. Everybody say tabernacle. There was a tabernacle, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. So in the tabernacle, there's a sanctuary. And after the second veil, verse 3, the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all. Sometimes we call that the holy place, the most holy place, the holy of holies. You hear it called many things, but this is what he's talking about. After the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had. So verse 4 tells us some things that were in the holiest place. The golden censer, the ark of the covenant, Overlaid round about with gold. Wherein was, so inside the Ark of the Covenant was some more things. Wherein was the golden pot that had manna, and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. Those items were inside the box that was the Ark of the Covenant. I'm not going to take the time today, but you've, I'm sure you've seen visuals and read stories in the Old Testament about because the tabernacle was mobile and it would go from place to place to place. All of these instruments that we're talking about were also mobile and they had to go from point A to point B and then from point B to point C and everywhere that the spirit of the Lord would lead, they'd have to move all these things. But so inside, I just want to talk a little bit today about inside the Ark of the Covenant. 
Now it says there three items, the golden pot that had manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. The tables of the covenant, you know this, were the actual stone tablets that the Lord wrote the commandments on that he gave to Moses. Those were in there. The golden pot that had manna in it, that's what once they were out of Egypt and wandering through the wilderness, manna from heaven would come down each day. They would take enough to eat for that day. They put some in a golden pot at the instruction of the Lord and put it in the, in the Ark of the Covenant there. And then the third item is Aaron's rod that budded. That's what I want to talk about today. Aaron's rod that budded. Now, I told you if I had a title of this, I'd call it Instruments of the Miraculous. Aaron's rod represents one instrument of the miraculous. Turn to Hebrews, or sorry, Exodus chapter 7, verse 8. Exodus chapter 7, verse 8. Earlier in the book of Exodus is when we see the Lord show up to Moses in the wilderness in a burning bush, right? And all that transpires there. And he tell, tells Moses, you're going to go to Egypt. You're going to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And then Aaron gets added in as the brother of Moses to be the vocal one, the, the mouthpiece, so to speak, if you will. Or really, he's the helper to Moses in all the things that Moses has to say and do before Pharaoh. So that's where we're going to pick up here in Exodus 7, verse 8. The Lord spoke, spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you. Then thou shalt say to Aaron, Take thy rod. Everybody say Aaron's rod. Take thy rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. That's the Lord speaking direction, right? It says He said that to Moses and Aaron. When you go before him and, and Pharaoh says, show me a sign, take Aaron's rod, throw it down. So verse 10, and Moses and Aaron went unto Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Up to that point, the plan is going swimmingly. That's exactly what they said, heard from the Lord to do. Throw down thy rod and it will be a serpent. That's all that the Lord told them to do. So they did it. There's the snake. Keep reading verse 11. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. Now the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. All right. I'm going to try to go quickly, I promise today, but I don't know how quick we'll go. Because what I said is we're talking about instruments of the miraculous. And the Lord says, do this, and they did it, and it was a miracle. And then right away, wouldn't you know it, they're not the only ones that can do miracles, so it seems. And I can just imagine Moses and Aaron looking at each other thinking, uh, I just heard the Lord say, put it down. Is that all you, yeah, that's all I heard? He just said, throw it down. 
We had no clue what was going to happen after that. We thought we were going to be showing Pharaoh how great God is. But he, they do their thing. He calls his sorcerers in. They do their thing. And now there's snakes on the ground. And everybody's like, what is going on? Keep reading. Verse 13, verse 12. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. I want to remind you that God did not say, throw down your, your rod, it'll be a serpent. They'll all throw theirs down, but don't worry about it because yours is going to... He didn't tell them that. You know, sometimes... I think the Lord has a little bit of way of testing us in our faith to him because he's going to say, go as far as I lead you, do all the things that I lead you to do. And when you get there, things are not going to go like you thought they would. I'm, are you still going to believe me? Uh, I don't like snakes. I've only seen a handful out in the wild in, in, in my life. Each time was worse than the last, to me, honestly, because I just don't like them. Now, in the zoo behind glass, I'm good with that. I mean, it still makes my skin crawl a little bit, but I'm not a fan of snakes. Never have been. So I can just imagine if it's... Rewind for just a minute when, when it was Moses at the bush, and he did this whole thing, right? He threw it down at the Lord's uh, word. He said, pick it back up again, grab it by the tail. He grabbed it, and it turned back into a rod. So I got to imagine Moses is probably telling Aaron, don't worry. That thing I know, the Lord said it'll turn to a snake, but we've been through this before, and so you just grab the tail, it'll turn back into a rod. I don't know. Thanks, Lord. That's not my calling. Because if it was me and I threw mine down and I'm, I'm still waiting. <laughs> Moses, you're the snake grabber here. Why don't you just pick that one up again and hand it back to me? I'll be fine with that. But no, now we got his and now with that one and that one. And we got multiple snakes going on. If it was me, I'd probably be like, is there a door that closes anywhere around here? And seals. What do you do when you... Follow the voice of God and you do exactly what you know he told you to do. And then things seem to get worse instead of better. Are you still going to have faith in him? Believe, I don't know why the Lord just left out that little detail when he was talking to Moses and Aaron. And said, by the way, you're not the only one that's going to do this. But you see what happens. Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. And... This first encounter, wouldn't you know it, is not enough to convince Pharaoh to obey the voice of the Lord. Verse 13, it says, And he hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he hearkened not unto him, as the Lord said. So he didn't listen and he didn't obey. Keep reading. Go down to verse 17. We're going to see this play out similarly in a few different ways. Thus saith the Lord, in this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in mine hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that is in the river shall die, and the river shall stink. The Egyptians shall loathe to drink the water of the river. That's the Lord speaking to Pharaoh. Now, verse 19, keep reading. 
The Lord spake to Moses, Say unto Aaron, Take thy rod. Everybody say, Aaron's rod. Take thy rod, Aaron. Stretch out thy hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, upon the rivers, upon their ponds, and upon their, all their pools of water, that they may become blood. Now this is not just the Nile River. All, eh, there's water over there, that river, that pond, that little pool. Turn it all. Stretch your hands, stretch your rod over all this water. That they may become blood. And that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in the vessels of wood and in the vessels of stone. You know, I, I just picture Pharaoh sitting there holding his, his golden cup at the river saying, oh, that's blood. Oh, that's disgusting. Makes me thirsty. And he goes to take a drink and that's blood. Verse 20, and Moses and Aaron did so as the Lord commanded, and he lifted up the rod and smote the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and the sight of his servants. And all the waters in the river were turned to blood. The fish in the river died. The river stank, and the Egyptians could not drink the water of the river. There was blood throughout all the land. Verse 22, and the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. Now, I don't know how they got water that wasn't already turned into blood, except maybe the Lord just spared a little bit that was in their cup because He knows where this is all headed. They did so with their enchantments, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Neither did he hearken unto them as the Lord had said. You're not convincing me with these magic tricks. I live in a land of magic. I live with... I've got magicians on... My payroll, I've got them in my courts all the time. I see magic tricks everywhere. We're not talking about magic, we're talking about miracles. Go to chapter 8, verse 5. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Say unto Aaron, Stretch forth thy hand with thy rod over the streams, over the rivers, and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters. Everybody say Aaron's rod. There's a reason why we read that in Hebrews first. There's a reason why this rod lasted throughout all those generations up until Paul's time and the, those other disciples and apostles that was in there. Frogs. Verse 6, Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. Now watch this. I see something that just caught my eye. Verse 7, and the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Now we got the frogs that came miraculously through the hand of Aaron. Really through the work of the Lord. And then we've got these other frogs that came from the magicians, Pharaoh's magicians. Verse 8, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord, ask the Lord, that he may take away the frogs from me and my people. 
If I was Moses, I, I would have probably said, all right, I'll take the ones that I, br- I caused. You deal with the ones that your magicians brought out. Two can play this game. But I, I'm going to pause for just a moment because I want to show you in, uh, even how these principles that we see play out in the Scripture still impact us today, and they're a part of the world today. The Lord will do the miraculous. For example, He will heal someone miraculously, heal their body. And the enemy says either that the word of that miracle is going to spread and people are going to start to really believe in Jesus Christ, the only living God, or I'm going to have to promote some of my own. I'm going to have to institute some of my own. I'm going to have to get my own works out there so people don't know who's God and who's not. I think this would answer a lot of our questions sometimes. Not everything that looks like God is God. Not everything that sounds spiritual is from the Holy Spirit. Not everything called God is God. Oh, but they got miracles in their church. They had miracles in Pharaoh's courts. Before Moses and Aaron got there, they had sorcery and magic and all kinds of things done supernaturally that were not of God. Of course they did, because they were a land given to idolatry, wholly given to idolatry. Everything about Egypt was evil. Everything it promoted was ungodly. The only godly in Egypt were working as slaves for the Egyptians. I mean, it was a stranglehold on the godly. And everything else was allowed to just run crazy and call itself God. God of this, God of that. Pray to the sun God and then what do you know? The sun comes up the next day. Mm. I'm wanting you to see the difference. Aaron's rod did the miraculous at the word of God, and then every time that it could, the evil, this, the other supernatural, would try to work and match or mimic the work of God. I can't, mm, I can't get off of this. Mimic. The work of evil does not want to just cloak itself in all evil. Otherwise, people would know that's evil. No, it's going to mimic truth. It's going to mimic godliness. It's going to mimic the word of God. And gray the areas, blur the lines so much that masses of people don't know the difference. All I know is we got a land covered in frogs. All I know is we got a whole bunch of water turned to blood. We got a bunch of snakes on the ground. I don't know how they got there. I don't know the meaning behind any of it. I just chalk it all up to God and the supernatural. You find somebody that really knows and has 
experience the supernatural and they can tell you what's God and what's not, whether they be Christian or not. All right, I'm closing the book on that one. Verse 7 again, talking about the frogs. Well, we read through that. Pharaoh said, please ask God to get all these frogs gone out of here. Jump down to verse 16. Chapter 8, verse 16. The Lord said unto Moses, say unto Aaron, stretch out thy rod. Whose rod? Aaron's rod. Stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the land that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Now that just sounds uncomfortable. They did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in man and in beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. You can take a minute and scratch if you need to. That one kind of makes my skin crawl too. Everything that's dust turned to lice. Verse 18, And the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. Everybody say they could not. I can just imagine them working frantically. Hang on, Moses. Hang on, Pharaoh. Give us a little bit more time. Uh, I've got to say the right enchantment. I, I, I'm sure it's in this book of spells somewhere here. Where's lice? Look under the L's. No, it's not there. Uh, we're running out of time to convince Pharaoh that we can do all the things that God can do. They could not. So watch what they did. So there were lice upon man and beast, verse 19. Then the magician said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. I just love the terminology. I just love the terminology. This is the finger of God. It's not even the whole hand of God. I would hate to see what the whole hand of God can do if just His finger can produce something that we can't do. And then if the hand's not enough, I'd hate to see what the whole right arm of God can do. And if that's not enough, put two of them together. And if that's not enough, what can God do? This is the finger of God. So what did they say? This is the finger of God, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. Pharaoh's now really getting to some dangerous territory because I'm still not trusting God even though the evidence all points to it being Him. Some people get like that sometimes. There is no denying the fact that this is God at work. But you know what? I still don't believe it. I still don't want to confess that that's God and that's the work of His Spirit or all this is the work of His hand. That's just the way some people get sometimes. Because in humanity, the last thing we ever want to do is admit that we're wrong. The last thing I ever want to say is, 
Okay, now hear me, because I say that and it sounds kind of lightly, but really what it means is I'm not just admitting that I'm wrong. I'm admitting however old I am, that many years of my life were wrong. All, since I started believing this way, all the way back to then, and you know what? That means whoever taught me this was not correct. And whoever else they taught that believed it was not correct. See, it's more than just admitting uh, I was wrong. It's admitting he is true. His word is true. That is a confession a lot of people don't want to make because they know attached to that confession comes a whole lot of other stuff. Everything he said is true. Everything against what he said is a lie. Surely the majority of the world can't be caught in a lie. Surely the majority of the world, even other Christians that don't know the full gospel, surely they can't be deceived to that degree. I just am going to remind you this verse. I've said it so many times. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that find it. Narrow is the path that leads to the Lord, that leads to the truth, and few there be that find that. That alone, that one verse alone should let me know that it's not safe to go by the numbers. It, it, it gets into all of our spirits sometimes, I know. Why do they have those bigger churches across street, across the town where they got hundreds and hundreds of people and there's one right next to it that's also got hundreds and hundreds. Why? Isn't this a game of numbers? No, it's not. That's the verse that talks about numbers. Broad. Broad is the way. That leads to destruction. So the, the Pharaoh's magicians could not match what God did because they were not working with instruments of miraculous. They were working with magic that is secondary to the Creator. Does that make sense? They could Anything that comes from God and everything came from God can only trace itself back up as high as He, as the highest power. There is no power higher than His. There is nothing greater than His. So He might roll out a few tricks and we hang on to those and say, oh, I can do that. I figured out how to work this. I can do all, all those things. All right, but guess what? That's only a little bit of who I am and what I can do. There is so much more. Jump to Numbers chapter 17, if you would. I believe this is the last passage. I want to just read through some verses here. We're talking about Aaron's rod and the miraculous. It wasn't Aaron. I know that I've talked recently in the last recent weeks about Aaron. Remember, he's the guy that built the golden calf for the people in the wilderness. That's the same guy. 
So it's not him. It's not about the man. Everybody say, it's not about the man. It's not about, oh, God found the right guy who just happens to be holy enough that even his staff is holy. No, it's not about the man. It's about God and his work. Numbers chapter 17, I just want you to see God and his work. Verse 2, Numbers 17 and 2. Speak unto the children of Israel and say, and take of every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers, of all their princes according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod. What is this about? We're in Numbers. We're outside of Egypt, okay? We're, we're, we're through that. Pharaoh's let everybody go. So we're in a different context of setting now. But they're all out of Egypt, and the Lord is just establishing further His rule, His self, His governing. Write every man's name upon his rod. Thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. For one rod shall be the head of the house of their fathers. And thou shalt lay them upon the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. This is the Lord speaking to Moses, giving him this instruction. Verse 5, it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom and I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. <laughs> this is like a little promise to Moses. Things aren't always going to be this bad. The children, you're, they're out of Egypt. They just murmur. They just complain. They direct it all at you. Verse 6, Moses spake to the children of Israel, everyone of their princes, gave them a rod apiece for each prince, one according to their father's houses, even twelve rods. The rod of Aaron was among their rods. Everybody say Aaron's rod. It was one of those twelve. Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And it came to pass that on the morrow, Moses went into the tabernacle of witness and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded and brought forth buds and bloomed blossoms and what does it say next? Yielded almonds. <laughs> Not just a bud all the way to fruition. And it grew an almond, or it says plural, almonds. Now, let me just remind you that this rod has been through a lot. It's not like, I mean, it just came off the, the tree yesterday, and so it's still got some life in it. Uh-uh. No, this rod was turned into a serpent at Pharaoh's court. This rod was lifted over the rivers of Egypt, and it turned those to blood. It was, you know, we just read it all. It's an instrument of the miraculous, this rod. And so why would it be any surprise 
that that rod overnight laying amongst other rods at the tabernacle would just start to do what trees do. And overnight went through the whole annual process, right? I mean, it wasn't like a season for spring and oh, here come the, the flowers. They're so pretty. And then, oh, okay, here comes the little buds. It's going to take a few weeks and months for those to grow. And then f before you know it, we'll have something on it. Overnight, it turned into a fruit-producing tree. Verse 9, Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord unto the children of Israel, and they looked and took every man his rod, and the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony, to be kept for a token against the rebels. And thou shalt quite take away their murmurings from me, that they die not. I'm going to come to a close. You can stand if you'd like. It's kept as a token against the rebels. That's, a, that's what the scripture says there about Aaron's rod. The Lord's saying, I'm going to get to a point. I'm going to get to a place where all I have to do is show you proof. And you're, gonna, you're not going to have the ability to complain. You're not going to have the right to murmur. You're not, you're gonna, I'm taking away your voice of complaint. I want you to just close your eyes and pray with me for a moment. Lord, God, we're listening for the sound of your voice. Jesus, we're listening for the truth of your word. God, I know that you have a word for your people. Jesus, I know that you have a plan for us. God, and that you would take us to places in your spirit. God, that you would take us to destinations that you have for us, Lord God. God, I pray right now, let me examine myself and see if there be any murmuring or complaining against you and your direction for my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Come on, just keep praying. Talk to the Lord. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, in your name. God, in your name. Let me tell you the significance of this to, to Moses and then thereby the children of Israel. Because the children of Israel, you know this, the stories, and I'm not going to take the time to go through them again today. But every... 
it seemed like every 24 hours or 48 hours or they couldn't go a week without the Lord doing a miracle after all that we just read that he did to get them out of Egypt another miracle and then so shortly removed from that miracle another complaint and then another miraculous work and sign from God and then followed by that another complaint another murmuring I just wish Moses would have left me alone I had a good thing going for me in Egypt I was about to get a promotion to what head slave I don't know. I was about to get a promotion I was about to get a raise I was about to get and it's just murmuring and complaining I don't know where the Lord has taken us but we're never gonna get there it feels like I don't know why he chose this path when that one would have been so much easier to walk. I don't know why he wants to do things this way when that's the way we've always done it. And he says it again. This is a token against the rebels. That rebellious spirit. Hear me. That rebellious spirit is just as much alive today as it was then. Why? Because it's a part of the human condition. The last thing a human wants to do is to be told what they have to do and you have no choice. When we lose that, ability to choose when we lose that ability to make our own way make our own decisions we are met with this what's in my spirit is it a rebellious spirit that says nobody's going to tell me what to do nobody's going to give me instruction i'm not going to submit myself to anyone or is it a spirit that sees reminders of the hand of God? Reminders of the miraculous from this point in my life when the Lord did this work. This time the Lord did this over here when we didn't know how it was going to work out. But the Lord proved Himself there. You have the choice. Which one of these is going to be the dominant spirit in my life? Which one of these is going to be the predominant voice that speaks into my mind and that I'm listening to? Lord, I want to do things your way. God, I want to do things your way according to your timing and your purpose. I'm going to open this altar. I'm asking you to find a place and pray. Let this become your, your prayer to the Lord today. God, I want to do things according to your will. I want to follow after the voice of your spirit, Lord, and the leading of your spirit, because I know your way is the way of life. I know that your way is the way of provision. Your way is the way of supernatural provision, Lord Jesus. Everything that I need, I find it in you, Lord God. I'm not trying to contend for my own way. 
I'm not trying to contend for my own place, Lord Jesus, but I surrender it all to You right now. I surrender it all to You right now, God. I know the working of Your Spirit. I know the leading of Your Spirit, God. You can do all things, Lord. You can lead me in paths of righteousness, God. You can lead me in such a way because You are my shepherd. You can lead me in such a way because I've allowed myself, Jesus, to be taken by You and led by You. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I want us to pray. I feel the Lord doing some work here. I know He's working over many people's lives. Come on, you're at a crossroad. You're at an intersection in your life and you don't know. Do I continue down this path or do I turn and go this way? How do I follow the voice of the Spirit? How do I follow the leading of His hand? Come on, seek after the Lord today. Seek after the Lord today.
last week that God wants to bring us out of things, but he doesn't just want to bring us out just to leave us in the wilderness, and the Ark of the Covenant is one of the best representations of that. He wants to bring us out so that he can lead us into something new. But what we saw with the children of Israel that they struggled with was they were brought out miraculously. They had the miraculous working, but the other elements that were represented in that Ark of the Covenant was also the commandments. The things that God said, don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that. And so oftentimes we want the miraculous, we want the manna, we want the provision, you know, we want the rod to open the Red Sea, to do whatever we needed to do when we needed to do it, but then we don't want to keep the commandments that are supposed to go hand in hand with the miraculous. And I think that's what we see in the, with the, what it was, was witchcraft, that's what we see with witchcraft and that's what we see in so much of the fortunately the denominal church world is there's a hunger there's a sensitivity there's a kind of that touchy-feely let's you know let's have the miraculous let's have something supernatural happen but there's not an aligning with the word of God that will keep us grounded that will give us the direction for the next step for then when that rod is supposed to be used. Amen. And I feel, feel the Holy Ghost very strong here. Can we one more time, can we just close our eyes and talk to the Lord? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we want to be submitted to your word. We want to be submitted, Father, to your authority, to your leadership. We want to allow you, give you the room and the opportunity, Jesus, to do the miraculous in our life. 
whether it be with manna, providing us of food, providing us means, Jesus, or whether it be creating a path for us, opening direction for us. We want to submit. We want to align to it, Father. But we also want to be submitted to your commandments, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Ila maha yena maha ilolo bosata la maha. Jesus name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. it's your desire to truly be led by God in your life, would you just raise your hand? My desire is to be led by God. Amen. I believe he will do it. For those that, for those that are willing, he will give direction and he will lead your life and put it on the right path. Amen. Praise God. You can, you can greet one another. I'd like you to find somebody that had a birthday in March and tell them happy birthday. And you're dismissed in Jesus' name.